0: Click the link in the show notes or visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to order now. This is the church law podcast where you can get practical solutions for today's leaders. I'm your host, Erika Cole, the church attorney. Welcome back to the Church Law Podcast. My name is Erika Cole, known as the Church Attorney, and I'm the creator of the Church Attorney Legal Audit System, a proprietary process for denominations and churches to assess their health from a legal perspective. Learn more and download your free legal audit document checklist found in the show notes. I'm thrilled to be your podcast host and excited about this new season. Can you believe we are here at season six? And to kick us off, I'm excited about today's topic. It's perfect, I think, for the new year. We're calling this Releasing Sacred Cows and Engaging New Operations in the New Year. And I'm here with my guest, Denise Craig, who's with the Church Network. Denise Craig is a strategic leader who is passionate about helping others discover their God given purpose so they can live and lead well. With over 20 years of personal experience in church leadership, Denise is honored to serve as Associate Chief Executive Officer with The Church Network. She also serves on the advisory panel of Church Executive Magazine and is a regular speaker for conferences, Bible studies, and financial seminars. Denise receives a Bachelor of Science degree in vocal music education from the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga and did graduate studies in teaching and learning at Cumberland University and in biblical studies at Berea Bible College. Denise became a certified church administrator in 2006 and is a certified financial coach with Ramsey Solutions. Welcome to the Church Law Podcast, Denise. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you today. I'm excited to have you. We got a chance to connect last year as I shared a webinar with your audience at The Church Network, and I immediately knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast. So thanks so much for being here.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for what you shared with our group, and and I'm thrilled to be here with you today. Fantastic. Well, I've got a few questions that I want to just get us
0: started with. So your life's work has been all about leadership and helping others lead well. So, why do you think it's important for leaders to change and, as we say, release those sacred cows?
1: Well, I think you could put it all in a nutshell with saying, for the sake of the gospel, we have a mission to share Jesus Christ with other people. And if there are things that potentially be getting in the way of that, we need to evaluate that and find out what we might need to do to move along. You know, I think of like when I was a kid, I looked at the monkey bars on the playground. But to grab the next rung, you have to let go of the one behind you to move forward. You know, we've heard it said that the definition of insanity is doing the same things and expecting different results. But the reality is, if you want different results, you've got to do different things. And you know, back in Exodus, when the people of Israel built a golden calf, they did it intentionally. They said, we want a God. So they built a golden calf. But sometimes in churches, what we do is we end up with sacred cows, not intentionally, but over time, that's what they become. We develop systems. We have things in our churches that are great for a season, but then over time, they're elevated to a position where they're no longer healthy and they become really more important than our mission. Oh, that's so, so good. That's so, so good.
0: And I'm going to just mention, I understand that you also have a background in being an executive pastor. I I do. Okay. And so you have been in the integral workings of church operations. So I'm very curious when you talk about doing different things, right? The need to change because ultimately our focus has to be on the goal of getting the gospel out and not so committed to doing things the way necessarily we've always done them. So what have you seen in your background to be some of these sacred cows that other church leaders might be able to relate to?
1: Absolutely. I think one of the biggest ones a lot of us hear about is worship style, whether it's more classically inclined or whether it's more contemporary or gospel or whatever, that's one that can be a sacred cow. But it can also be things as simple as church design. Do we have Sunday evening services? You know, how do we do our small groups? Or is it a traditional Sunday school? Church furnishings, attire, is it suits or jeans? Committee setups, you know, I think even a former pastor could be a sacred cow if you don't want to let go of that and move on. It could be church software, you know, even if it's not working for you, but you don't want to change it. You know, that can become a sacred cow. What day we have our staff meetings. There's so many things that without realizing it, these things can become too important that we don't want to let go of them and move on.
0: Oh my gosh, you've hit on some powerful areas and maybe others also felt that. Our listeners might have felt some of that. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think about, I was raised in a church. I grew up in a small country church and we would be in church all day. I mean, a lot of people would say we would get there for maybe 10 o'clock for Sunday school and 11, 15 church would start and we'd probably be there until like two o'clock and we would be there multiple times a week. And honestly, that's not as typical as to how church is done now. And I have often found that making those transitions, making them for the right reason, maybe we can also speak to that because sometimes I've found that change can be just so that we are doing what everybody else is doing a little bit, as opposed to maybe finding a style that works best for the current generation that God's calling you to serve.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with you. You know, we don't need to change because it feels like a trend. We need to look at what has God called our unique congregation to? What is our unique purpose? And what is the community where we live? You know, What you do in one state may be different than what works in another state. You know, metropolitan areas may be different from a rural area. You have to think about, you know, what is our biblical mission? And then what works in our setting to advance the gospel and help people get to know Jesus in a personal way?
0: That's really good. So that makes me think about the question of how might listeners know when it's time to change? Like, how would a church leader know? when it's time to maybe release that sacred cow and do something different.
1: Well, I think some things that you can look for are that your church is no longer growing. And I'm not just talking about in numbers, but spiritually, is our church growing spiritually? Are the individual people in the church growing spiritually? You know, growth doesn't usually happen in our comfort zone. And sometimes that's why we can't let go of these sacred cows is because they've become our comfort zone. And none of us really like being bumped out of our comfort zone. You know, another sign is that people in your church have gotten used to just settling for the status quo. They're not wanting to kind of move forward and do some different things. They're just happy with things as they are. Or if you sense some rigidity and lack of flexibility, that could be a sign that, you know, you may have some sacred cows that you're dealing with. So I think there's lots of things that you could see that, you know, this could potentially be a problem in your church.
0: I love how you mentioned the matter of growth and distinguishing that from not always numerical, right? Sometimes we count how many people we're seeing on a weekend as the determining factor as to whether a church is healthy. And Every church certainly wants to see increase in attendance and volunteers and so forth. But I love how you touched on the growth of the people as well as an important measuring stick. And if a church is not seeing that spiritual growth, then that also may be an indicator that it's time to do something different.
1: Sure, absolutely. And you know, a reason why it's sometimes so hard to change. It's because the church is made up of people. And let's be honest, a lot of people have a hard time with change. It's sometimes the fear of the unknown, the whole, we've never done it that way. You know, what does that mean is going to happen here? Sometimes it's also can be pride. People don't want to admit that their way is not the best way. It could also be a lack of discernment and they've lost sight of what really is biblical and what has just become tradition. You know, so much of what we do in the church is based on biblical principles and habits and traditions. For instance, sacraments such as communion, that is a tradition in our church and it is a biblical thing. So I think sometimes it's hard to change because we have a hard time figuring out what is biblical and what is something we've just taken on as a tradition or something we don't want to let go of.
0: I really, really love what you're saying here because one of the questions I thought about in speaking with you is this question of why is change so hard, especially in the church? And I think that you're speaking to that in part that change is hard because change is hard for people, right? And the church is made up of people. And I consider my own recent experience. I have been working only in a law firm environment my entire legal career. So 24 or so years. And I really felt the tug in my heart to do something different. And frankly, that was scary because I was the kid who knew in like fifth grade, sixth grade, like I was like 10 or 11, I knew I wanted to be an attorney. And I graduated from high school at 17, went straight to college, went straight to law school. And this has been my entire life since forever. And when I felt that tug in my heart to do something differently, it was scary But one of the things that was critical for me is what you're suggesting here, taking that time with God to really sense his leading for the next thing and being open to it. You touched on the whole matter of pride. That was one of the things I was like, well, who am I going to be if I'm not doing this particular thing, which is the only thing I've done? I think lots of pastors feel that way, even when they are perhaps. Looking for an individual transition, right? So change can be hard because one, we're used to doing what we've always done, and that can feel comfortable. Two, it can be a matter of pride because we don't want to release who we have been perceived as being, who we think people think we are. Absolutely, <laughs> you know? um, that reality. And then the third thing I think you touched on is we don't necessarily know what to do if we don't do what we've always done, and To that, I say, I think there's a way to get to the answer, right? You may not know the answer now. You may not know what that change needs to look like. But I I believe that there's a process to move forward. And for me, that was also working with a coach. I started working with a business coach, working with someone who had made a transition, who helped walk me through it. So I think there's both the spiritual and the
1: natural. Would you agree? Absolutely. I totally agree. And I, like you, you know, made a career shift about a year and a half ago. So I completely relate to what you're saying. When you've done something for 20-something years to switch and to do something different, it it is challenging. You know, you you are sort of ripped out of that comfort zone and, and thrown into the unknown. But, you know, when we know as believers that God is with us, And we'll see us through anything. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. If we're truly trying to do his will, he's going to be there right there with us the whole way. And, you know, when we're taking a group of people through change as a leader, I think the things that we need to think through too are we have to help them see that where we're going is better than where we currently are. If people don't see that the there is better than the here, they're not going to want to go. They're not going to want to change. So as a leader, we've got to have really clear communication. We've got to really share that vision in a very clear way so that the people can grab a hold of that vision and that they can get excited about going with you on the journey. Yeah, I think that's really good.
0: And There's this component, as you describe, of leadership, which is such a critical part of what your work has been. And it makes me think about faith as well. And I consider the story of the children of Israel, right? As they were leaving, they had been in slavery for 400 years and they were finally leaving. And then they run into trouble. And some of them say, we just want to go back to Egypt, right? You know, we just want to go back to Egypt. Who in their right mind would think that, right? I want to go back to this horrible circumstance because sometimes when God is leading you to the next, it's not as clear as what you've always done. And that faith component, I think is critical and the discernment that you referenced earlier. So that's oh, really
1: good. And Erika, is so interesting that you brought that up because yes, the people of Israel, when they were in the wilderness, they kept saying, but we want to go back. And honestly, I saw the same thing in a lot of churches during the pandemic.
0: Mm.
1: Because, you know, we were suddenly all thrown into a different situation. None of us asked for that. We were all thrown into the unknown. And it's amazing how quickly churches could jump online and get their digital services going and how they can make sure their digital giving was up to speed when maybe they had been resistant to some of that change in the past. They were sort of forced into the change. Yes. But then after a bit, they were all like, well, let's go back. We want to go back. And that is the natural inclination to go back, but it was also such a beautiful time to evaluate and go, do we want to go back to all the things we were doing before, or are there some things that will forever be different, you know? And I think some of the churches that are really seeing some great, consistent growth right now took that opportunity, that didn't see it just as an obstacle, but they saw it as an opportunity to tweak some things and to change some things about their systems.
0: I really like that. Not just an obstacle, but an opportunity. That's really good. So as we wrap up, Denise, can you share a bit about the work of the Church Network, how that can be a resource perhaps to our listeners as they are contemplating what this year ahead might look like for them?
1: Absolutely. The Church Network is basically an interdenominational group It's a professional association that people can join. They can be a part of our webinars and our educational events. We have a large national conference, but it's also a great networking group. You know, often people in church administration and church operations, you know, they don't have a lot of other people in their own church who do what they do. So it's great to be able to find another person who does what you do, and you can bounce ideas off of each other. So that's why we call ourselves The Church Network. You can find out more about us at thechurchnetwork.com, or you can also download the Church Work app, and that can be found in the Apple Store or on Google Play. Fantastic.
0: We'll make a point to link those things in the show notes so that you can check the show notes and follow up. I just want to thank you again, Denise, for being on the Church Law Podcast. We appreciate you, and we're looking forward to sharing these additional resources with our listeners.
1: Thank you, Erika. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. You're
0: very welcome. And I'm thrilled to be your podcast host here on the Church Law Podcast. And I want to thank each of you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, your five-star ratings and positive reviews would be a great help if you would leave those in the Apple Store and other church leaders like you can find this invaluable resource. We look forward to being back with you on another episode of the Church Law Podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm happy to be your host, Erika Cole, the church attorney and creator of the Church Attorney Legal Audit System, my four-step proprietary process that helps churches and denominations assess their legal risk. Set the tone for integrity in your church and download your free copy of the Legal Audit Document Checklist using the link in the show notes below. And learn more at ErikaCole.com. That's E-R-I-K-A-C-O-L-E.com. This podcast is brought to you by Church Law & Tax, part of Christianity Today's podcast network. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that the host and the publisher are not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, or other professional services. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional person should be sought. Due to the nature of the US legal system, laws and regulations constantly change. Listeners are encouraged to consult with legal counsel to verify the information provided here remains current. Visit churchlawandtax.com for more insights.